All right, everybody, thanks for joining us for another Her Wild Outdoors episode. Today, my very dear friend, Kristen Rudderath, is joining us. Kristen, we've been friends, did you know this, for over three years now. It's been that long? Yeah, and we've never met. Well, I suppose because it was pre-pandemic and I had already known you before 20, yeah. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Because yeah. it was when um, I was podcasting for Guy and mm-hmm. we connected through him. And and so, yeah, it's been three years. That is insanity. <laughs> I was talking with uh, with Mel and Keldon of uh, Epic Archery um, and I, they were over here in Kentucky a couple of weeks ago, and we were chit-chatting. When are you coming out west to a, a convention or something like that where you can – and I go, yeah, I've never met Guy. And they all went, what? What? Because yeah. I was also uh, – Lauren and, um, and Allie were there. And so they – none of them could believe that I've never met guy and then mm-hmm. i was like yeah and i've never met Kristen, and i've never met keith from spike bull like i've all of these friends that i've been i've had these online friendships with all these yes. years i've never met y'all because y'all are on the other side of the country <laughs> i know yeah i remember so i podcasted with guy at western hunt expo brady and i bolted and mm-hmm. Uh, it was just so good to meet him. And I met Keith there. I met so many, like Michael Batiste yeah. there, like so many really incredible people at Western Hunt Expo. And that was my favorite part of it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it, like the rest of it, I could take it or leave it. There yeah. was just, it just was so fun to like see people and get to meet everybody that we had been in contact with and made friends, you know, with over this wild little thing called Instagram, right? Right. <laughs> no, I think that that yeah. was even going to ATA, so many bow companies pulled out of ATA and that's a whole nother conversation in itself. Um, but... I I got there and true like there's the the Badlands film and all of that. Well, it ended up being, you know, Allie and Lauren from Good Bowl and Mel and Keldon, and we were just all sitting around a table talking. And before we knew it, you know, dinner was served, and we were just sitting there talking, and we kept talking, and we kept talking, <laughs> and it was like. That was, I would have sat through that for hours versus being in a huge, I'm, most people don't understand. I'm more of an introvert. So this like one-on-one talking, even in a group of five, six, seven, eight, I'm okay. Put me in a room with hundreds of people and I'm, I'm the observer. Um, Yeah. And you know, it's funny because everybody thinks that I'm an extrovert also, but I am, I was watching Instagram. Someone put something out this past week and I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about, cause I'm very big into like trying to figure out why, what drains me, what feeds me, mm-hmm. you know, like to keep my energy state, like good with everything that, you know, is going on in the world. Anyways, um, he was talking about how introverts, you know, when they go out to places and they go to live events, they're actually drained by them, mm-hmm. right? And that's how I feel every single time, unless it's like my, you know, closest people and the conversation is amazing and I don't have to meet anybody new, yes. you know? Yeah. But if it's a crowd full of people and then they said, you know, extroverts, they're just like fed by that and they just 
they feed off of it mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I'm much more like you. I would do this all day, every day, and just interact with yes. people on a one-on-one. It's just so much fun. It's funny. I test as an ENFJ, and I think that – I think I'm an extrovert in small groups – but I still have to recover as an introvert. And I think it just depends on the situation, but I totally get it. And I think honestly, the pandemic has created a more introverted self of me. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just, it has fed (laughs) what I'm comfortable with versus that constant push of being being surrounded by other people. But yeah, yeah, it has... It's a whole, I don't know. I'm, I'm like you. I'd rather sit around and have a conversation, whether it's at the dinner table or around a fire or over a beer or. Yes. Yes. I would definitely say I'm like the extroverted introvert, if that makes sense. 100%. Like once I'm there, once I'm comfortable, but I am like not the, I've been studying color personalities also and yeah. like. Um, the yellow being the one who's like always going up to the person who's sitting by themselves and, you know, making friends with everybody yeah. and the blue that never stops talking. I'm not either of those. <laughs> like, I'm so far from those. I will literally stand there and hope and pray that, you know, something happens to where I'm like engaging with someone that I would love to talk to. So, yeah, yeah which is weird when you are on Instagram talking into your phone, right. And yeah. sharing everything that, you know, and love. Um, but for some reason, I've just gotten really used to it, even though I am more introverted. So I'm also one of those people that if I'm at a thing like that, I have no idea who is who. Yeah. And and people will be around me. Oh, did you see that? Did you see so and so? And like, I don't know. I don't. I nope. So somebody famous could walk, famous, I'm putting those in quotes, could walk beside me and I would have no clue whatsoever, just completely over my head unless (laughs) you come up to me or unless you are on my shoulder, like telling me that's so-and-so and and that's so-and-so, I am completely oblivious, so... (laughs) That is awesome. Uh-huh. That is awesome. So mm-hmm. not going to Western Hunt Expo this year. Not this year. I'm hoping it's We're on my docket for maybe next year, um, like 2023. I'd love to get out there. This year we've got um, – I'm taking 120 kids duck hunting in a week and a half. And then uh, NWTF is here um mid-February and then I've got a goose hunt so this time is kind of really uh booked solid uh yeah so yeah not this year but maybe next year I want to I want to see all of you guys (laughs) yes I know I'm hoping maybe we'll go we talked about going this year but um with Brady's goat hunt and being gone so much Mm -hmm. and just a ton of you know travel for me for work it was just like you gotta pick mm -hmm. it you gotta pick Yeah. Yeah. You have to choose priorities. And when I'm primarily not doing a ton of work in the hunting industry right now, it, it just doesn't make a ton of sense, you know, at this point, you'd be going for friends. Yes. Which is worth it. Be going for friends. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that kind of, that kind of, I'm going to skip because I usually do this intro first, but I kind of do want to talk since we're leading straight into it, balance. Like we, I've talked about 
balance a couple of different times on this podcast, but it's different for everybody, whether you are uh, a stay-at-home mom, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you are a business owner, or you are working in the workforce, you could be in the medical field, like whatever, Mm -hmm. but then we all love the outdoors. Mm -hmm. Most of us have families, whether it's our own kids or it's a family that we are a part of. And so- It's, I think that if you aren't, stop me if I'm wrong, if you are not questioning if you are doing it right, then you're probably not. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And yeah, I I think every stage of life that we've been in, um, you know how it is, like when your babies are little and you're breastfeeding or whatever, like you don't get to be out in the outdoors as much as you would like. And that was something that was really hard for me, honestly, to swallow. Um, because I didn't, I didn't grow up hunting, but then I fell in love with hunting and then I started having babies and I loved having babies and, you know, I've always wanted to be a mom. And so that was, you know, my number one priority. And for Brady, obviously we wanted to have kids and he wanted to have children, but, um, just at the stage of life, like hunting's a non-negotiable for him. It is who he is. It is, um, it's how he remains sane. (laughs) Yes, it is. It is his therapy. It is his being, you know? And so for him, it's much, um, you know, in the, in the early stages when Cooper was little, it was much harder for us to balance that because we were just kind of getting in the groove and he didn't really know how I felt. I wasn't being super open about it, you know, being kind of left behind and, you know, we were also in North Dakota, so there wasn't a ton of hunting opportunities there like there was here. So it was a little bit easier for it to get pushed aside for me. Like I still deer hunted, but I didn't, you know, get to really do a ton of bow hunting and, you know, the more time consuming type stuff. So when we moved here, you know, it just really became a place of, we need to figure out that we need to figure out the balance, but we need to figure out how we can make make it happen for all of us to hunt and, mm-hmm. you know, not just him, but you know, how to include the kids. And, you know, it's, it's always just been kind of a family affair for us because we don't have any family here. We don't have anybody that can watch our children for us to go out hunting unless Brady's parents come for a weekend. And then, you know, yeah. it's just a long weekend or whatever. And then you throw on top of that whole mix once your children start hunting and you have to add in two more hunters into the mix to yeah. allow enough time for seasons and, and all of that. So it is, it is kind of a hard balance and you throw in work and jobs and all that stuff. And it, it's a challenge, but one that I think we've, we've done a pretty good job handling it. Seasons of life kind of come and go and you have to be very aware of what your priorities are and just make decisions, you know, kind of based on that. And that's kind of what we've done. I agree. I think that people place so much emphasis right now on, financial budget and your job. And I don't know if if it's so important for you to go through and budget your finances and budget your, your, your life based on finances, how much more important is it to budget your time? Mm-hmm. And that's not just from a business standpoint, because we hear that all the time. Time is valuable. How you use your time, whether it's a full, like, 
undivided attention to what you are doing for an hour, two, three, four hours, or if you spread it out with breaks, you've got to figure out how it works for you. But you also have to figure out how to fit in the things that you're passionate about, not just mm-hmm. something that you're passionate about with work, but then your your passion with your family and your passion with the outdoors, your passion, whatever your passion is, you've got to be able to figure out how to balance that, how to budget it. And if you don't, then something's going to feel off. Tension is going to rise. You're going to feel that well, you're getting to do that and I'm not. How are we going to fit this together? There's, It just becomes something that is fought about versus worked through. And, yeah. um, and I just think that people forget that that budgeting your time means more than just filling it up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, not not to throw the men under the bus or anything, but sometimes I think as women, it's just a lot harder for us to leave those babies behind yeah. or to speak up and say, I want time. I need time for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, it was for me for a really long time to the point where I just sacrificed, you know, my own desires and my own hunting dreams, mm-hmm. I would say, because I wanted my kids to be happy and I wasn't really doing a ton of independent hunting at that point. You know, I had just started when I first started having kids. So I wasn't super comfortable going without Brady. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. So if he went, if I went, he usually came with, you know, so that was a whole nother, you know, tricky piece to it. And I wasn't confident enough to be like, you stay home with the baby yeah. and I'll go do it on my own. Yeah. But I think as women, we have to do a better job of of, uh, you know, allowing dads to step up in that regard, regardless of what your passion is. Maybe it's not even hunting. Maybe it's stinking knitting. I mean, whatever, whatever it is, photography. I mean, that was mine for a really Mm -hmm. long time. You know, a lot of women, um, whatever it is, making making time for that because we cannot serve anybody with an empty cup. And that is something I learned the hard way. You know, I ran myself into the ground trying to keep everybody happy. And mama guilt is real. Yeah, it is. And making sure all your cubs are taken care of Mm -hmm. and the husband's happy and, you know, the house is clean, the laundry's done, you know, that nobody would look inside your house and be like, oh, she does not have her stuff together. You know, there's just a lot of expectations. And I think, you know, sometimes we just have to take a step back and say, okay, what am I doing for me? Right. You know, what, what is my husband doing for him? What are we doing for our children? You know, and really what are, you take the pieces of your life that are most important. We literally did this last night. Um, We created vision boards and had little sections. So the things that are most important for us, like for the kids, for our finances, for outdoors, Mm -hmm. for our faith, um, for my health. And we took little things and plugged them in on, you know, what are the things we want to improve or what is our vision for 2022 to have from each one of these things and created, you know, like this web of what we wanted, what we wanted to happen. So we could visualize it. So we could put some focus on it. And, you know, I always give Brady grief because we went to Western hunt expo and we came home and he had booked a goat hunt and my hunt was supposed to be next. 
but I was very focused on growing my business at the time. And so I was like, well, I'm going to focus on this for the next year. So go ahead. You know, I just was like, if I'm not going to do it, he might as well. So now we're back to the season of, okay, it's now Kristen's turn 2022. Let's do a moose hunt, you know? So it definitely has some give and take. And the communication is such a key in families of making sure your needs are known because I used to assume all the time that Brady would just know what I needed instead of asking for help, right? Or like, do you not see that laundry sitting on the washing machine? I don't, I shouldn't (laughs) have to tell you. I know, That goes for kids too. (laughs) It does, it does. But Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the things that shoots us in the foot the most, right? Like we have these expectations and they're not wired like that. Like I wish they were, but they're not. And as much after 15 years, like he's still not wired like that. Mm -hmm. So I gave up, you know, expecting it to just happen on its own and just started asking. And what do you know? Things get done a lot easier and there's no resistance. It works better. (laughs) That's good. Communication is key, even Mm -hmm. if it takes five times. (laughs) (laughs) I get that too. That we, um, I, this year has been a little bit different of a balance. We, uh, with my shoulder being out, I wasn't able to utilize archery season this year. And yes, I was able to get out to Montana um, and and hunt mule deer, but that was the only deer hunt that I went on this year. Uh, whereas, <clears throat> whereas last year, I think I hit, I think I was out at least twice a week from the end of September yeah. to the beginning of January twice a week. So it was quite a different shift this year. And there's a bit of me that burned out last year and learned Mm -hmm. that sometimes filling your freezer and being able to have more than you necessarily need isn't worth the burnout of it. And I think that's where I've kind of learned that balance of give and take, not just for my family, but for me, myself, Mm -hmm. um, trying to figure that out. And and I'm, I'm as much as I love deer meat and as much as I love deer hunting, I'm figuring out there are other things that I really love to hunt. And, and it is that, okay, well, yes, the finances bump right up against the budgeting of what you want to do. And sometimes you have to postpone it and save for it. And I don't know, it makes it worth it when you are moving towards something like that, even if it's a couple years down the road. It, it, I don't know. I've really enjoyed this step back. I've enjoyed watching the kids do what they do. And you and I both have talked about that, how exciting it is to see your kid work hard for a harvest, for, for putting meat in the freezer um, just hitting that goal that they've had, watching them do that is it's better for me than anything that I could get is pretty oh, yeah. awesome. For sure. Yeah. Watching my, well, she's now nine Callie, um, Cooper's been amazing, but he's been hunting since he was five, right mm-hmm. along with Brady. Right. Like I expected it from him, but watching Callie just kind of, you know, sneak right in there and, Make she it her is own. The, 
Yes. And she's, she hunts polar opposite of Cooper. Mm -hmm. She is a thinker. She um, wants to have all the answers. She asks us a ton of questions and she's super, super thorough. And you can just tell she loves the thought behind it, behind hunting, behind the strategy, behind, Mm -hmm. you know, where would we see the deer based on the wind and, you know, all that stuff. So, I mean, this year I didn't get to spend a ton of time hunting. I really didn't, but she did. And she put two animals in our freezer and I only put one. So I am like, you go girl. I mean, there's nothing better than the kids, you know, seeing it, having success. And they all were with when I shot mine. So it was just kind of like a homeschool day of let's jump in the truck. We're going to go hunting today. (laughs) Yes, Off we went. So yeah. Well, let's take it back just a second and I'm going to introduce you. (laughs) so, (laughs) So Kristen, uh, you wear a whole lot of hats, a whole lot of them. Um, I do, yeah. You're an entrepreneur, <laughs> you're a business owner, you're a coach, mentor, you are a mom, you're a wife, you're a homeschooling teacher, you are a hunter, You like all of these things, you've got these hats on, which is why talking about balance is coming from a credible source. Yeah. Uh, but tell, I know that you kind of hinted into it that you started hunting right before you started having kids, not as a kid. Um, so how did that naturally flow in to your life? Yeah. So um, I grew up without hunting. Uh, my grandpa duck hunted, um, but my dad did not ever hunt until after I started hunting, actually. And so um, I met Brady. I was a collegiate volleyball player. So I was sports my entire life. It was volleyball and basketball, primarily some softball. Um, but I was 100% dedicated to volleyball. Had a ton of injuries, blew up both my ACLs, broke my left leg, um, still went on to play. And then that came to like kind of a screeching halt when I really couldn't walk much. I was having so much pain and inflammation in my joints. And so I quit, um, went in to start coaching and I coached in the city that Brady lived where I was going to college also and um, ended up meeting him. And I met him. Um, we went on a couple of dates and I think the second day he said to me, do you want to go um, goose hunting with me in the morning? And I was like, <laughs> okay, first of all, what time do we have to get up? <laughs> I, was like, I knew this was a morning routine, right? He's like, and you're oh, a late nighter. You're not an early riser. I'm a riser. late nighter. Yes, mm-hmm. I am not an early no. riser. I wasn't in college either. Um, <laughs> I was up, you know, doing homework at all the hours of the night. And then, you know, eight o'clock class rolled around and I was just like peeling my cl- myself out of bed just to get to class, you know. Um, but he's like, do you want to go hunting with me and my buddies? And so I thought, well, why not? You know, a new hobby is never, you know, a bad yeah. idea. I just quickly realized like he... So he'd um, goose hunt in the morning and then he'd bow hunt in the evening. And so it just was this thing of like, if I wanted to spend any, and he'd take a nap in the middle, right? So it was like, get up really early, go goose hunting, nap during the middle of the day, and then go bow hunting in the evening. And so I just realized if I wanted to spend time with him, I either needed to try it out and see if I liked it or figure out some other way to 
spend time with him. And Mm -hmm. this, again, like it was very clear. This was who he was. It was his number one. He didn't have, you know, he had a job. He was an electrician at the time. And so he'd work and he'd hunt and he'd work and he'd hunt. And, you know, that's just who he was. So um, that weekend that we started hanging out or whatever, I goose hunted with him in the morning. And then we went, um, I threw on some of his old gear and I went bow hunting with him in the evening. And then the next morning he invited me to go to church. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. You know, I'm like, got his priorities in line, yeah. right? So we started, uh, and then he met, I met his parents, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. So, really great family. Anyways, so I think about a, two weeks later, something like that, he's like, would you like to try bow hunting? And I thought, <laughs> like, I don't have any really of the equipment hard to convert you. <laughs> yes. He's like, I, you know, I mean, I want to spend time with her, you know, I want her to have my hobbies essentially. Yeah. Right. And I'm really competitive. And so I wanted, I flat out just wanted to learn and see if I could conquer it just yeah. like I had you know, sports. And so he's like, I'll take, he took me to Gander mountain, bought me a bow and all the camo like two weeks after we started dating. And I started shooting and had to take hunter's safety as a 22 year old, 21, 22 year old, something like that. That was awkward with a bunch of fifth graders. Um, probably fifth grade boys. Yes. It was a whole bunch of fifth grade boys and their parents, you know, and here I am sitting there by myself. Um, (laughs) I was student teaching at the time. So I'd student teach and then go to hunter safety in the evenings, but it was totally worth it. Uh, Fell in love with it. Shot my first, you know, just a little spike buck with my bow. So I ended up bow hunting before I even started rifle hunting, which a lot of people don't realize about me because I love rifle hunting and I love guns so much, but I'd never even shot one before I met Brady either. So that was kind of like my transition into it. And, you know, we hunted and shot a lot prior to, um, having babies Mm -hmm. and then started having kids and, you know, Brady just continued on to do his thing. And, you know, I kind of took the back seat for a couple of years and, um, you know, went out on weekends when I could pumping in the back seat, doing all the things as a mom, just to get out there and be out there. And his parents would always, you know, offer to help and take the kids when, when they could, cause we were still living close to them. But how yeah, did you transition? Now, How did you transition from because you said earlier the uh, solo hunting uh, was not something that you were comfortable with at that time. So how did that transition into uh, being comfortable with that? Because you are comfortable with that now. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, it came out of necessity because mm-hmm. I ended up you know, it it came to the point where if I wanted to spend time out hunting without my children or on my own in nature, I had to figure it out. And so it ended up actually starting with turkey hunting. Brady had never turkey hunted before ever. He didn't know how to do it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to teach myself how to do this. So I can say I did it first. (laughs) (laughs) That competitive nature. (laughs) I know. And we have a great friend here locally who was like, yeah, you can come out to my place. I have turkeys. I'll help you set up the blind and whatnot. 
So he'd help me set things up and I, Brady would get home from work. I'd sneak off, go out by myself and I turkey hunt and I got my first one. I learned how to call. I learned how to do all the things, where to set the decoys, you know, all this stuff. And he couldn't believe it. And I shot it with my bow, which is a big deal, you know, like they're hard. Yeah. And I, like I grinded it out that first year. It was not easy. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, okay a little bit of a confidence boost, right? Like I taught myself how, how to turkey hunt. I taught myself how to shoot one with a bow, which Brady had never even done before. Um, so I was like, you know what, maybe I can, maybe I can do your hunt yeah. by myself. Maybe I can, you know, bow hunt by myself. Maybe I can, um, you know, antelope hunt and go on a stock without him. Um, because I know how to do this. I know, like, I just had never pushed myself you know, that comfort zone, right? Like you're just like, he had, he had just been like in my ear, you know, kind of like walking me through a lot of it the whole time. And so I just got really comfortable with that, even though I knew I was capable. Yeah. And part of me also wanted to prove to him and prove to my kids that I could do it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, at the time, when I started deer hunting on my own, we, we had the kids, we were hunting together, all of us. And we came up on a group and I was going to need to like make a big stock and the kids couldn't come with. And I just thought, you know what, let's do it. I'm going to try it. Right. Like what he's going to stay back with the kids yeah, because <laughs> we can't leave them there by themselves. And I'm just going to try it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, whatever, not a big deal. And it was the last day of the season. I was desperate. You know, I'm just like, I got it. I want to fill this tag. At least one of them had a buck and a doe tag. And so I was just going out with the, um, I was just going to try and shoot one, you know, whatever. So I make this big stock. I walk across this big coulee and through the bottom and I get up on top and I'm like belly crawling up to the top and I'm in my head. I'm thinking the whole time, okay, what would Brady want to tell me what to do? You know, like all of this. And I get to the top, I range them, find the deer, whatever. And I shoot one and it drops. And then there's another one that literally starts coming running towards me. So I shoot a buck and then a doe starts running towards me. I'm like, oh my gosh. I could do Double both. Mm-hmm. I could get them both. And so arranged it, did the whole thing, you know, and it happened. And I shot a double for my first time, you know, by myself. Yeah. And I honestly, I couldn't believe it. But at the same time, I was like, I could because yeah. I'm much more capable than I was giving myself credit for. Yeah. Now on the flip side, um, you know, Brady and I have had a lot of, conversations about the fact that I'm a, I am a strong personality when it comes to learning something or doing something. And hunting is one of those things. Like I have my own ways and he has his own ways and I don't always want to do it the way he wants to do it. Yeah. And if it's my tag, we've butted heads on some things like that before. Like I'll, I'll tag along for anybody else's tag and not say a peep. Like I'm your tag. You do it how you want to do it. Like, I am not going to boss you around, but he got so used to leading me. Right. And then I created this confidence and 
now it's like, okay, I'm going to do this my way. And we have botted heads sometimes to where I have to look at him and say, this is my tag. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you love me and I know you're so much more experienced, but let me just try this, yeah. you know, or what do you think of this? And so that has taken some working through. It's also taken some humbling of myself also knowing that he is very knowledgeable. And sometimes I think I'm right. And he is totally right. You know, like, and to be able to listen to him because he ultimately wants me to be successful. I'm just kind of stubborn also and strong-willed and kind of want to do things my own way also. So again, it's another piece of balance of, trying to merge his ways with my ways and get used to my confidence, you know, his confidence also, because he, he's a great hunter. He's had a great deal of success and, and I have to be a a student also. And that's something I haven't always been the best at either because I've always been naturally talented at a lot of things. And you know, like this is the was challenge. This is the <laughs> challenge, and I'm like, dang it! But see, <laughs> that, also, it that also uh, our definition of success in today's mm-hmm. terms, like our way, not our way, but the way that the world defines success, can be only in a positive way. It can, well, I guess success is positive however you look at it. But in my mind, success means more than just the goal being reached, the end goal being reached. And I think that today's society sees success as that goal being reached versus all the small goals that you are reaching along the way. And it goes along with our desire to learn. Like Women love to learn. We love to know all the facts. Give them all to Mm -hmm. me. I want to know them all. Kind of like you were talking about Callie. She's asking all these questions. She wants to know how to do it so that she doesn't make a mistake. Like that's Mm -hmm. my worst fear is making a mistake. It's something that I battle constantly. It's ingrained almost. And and so I have to take that step back and redefine success. And you talk about that a lot. There are a couple of other people that talk about it a lot. But I know when I look at your page, it isn't success is not marked on that end goal being reached every time. Sometimes the success is in the failure and what you learn from that failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would also say, you know, one one of the things that probably drives Brady nuts about me is I'm really not a trophy hunter. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I need the meat. Right. I absolutely need the meat for my health, for my body. I don't consume beef from the store. Um, I need no hormones in mm-hmm. my stuff. And you know, I think a lot of people don't quite understand that aspect of it. Like hunting takes on a different meaning when you, your little literal physical being kind of depends on it. Right. Yeah. And I, that empty obviously, tag is more than just an empty tag. It is yes, a lot of yes. meals lost. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of meals lost. It's a lot of peace of mind lost. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think we had 14 animals last year. 
and we ate all of them. Yeah. It was gone before the whole year even yeah. came through. And, you know, when that's all you eat and you eat very high protein, like it, it's, it means a lot to it have does. tags, right. And, and to fill them. And, you know, this year we'll, we'll be low because we didn't, you know, the deer numbers here were really low. We mm-hmm. didn't have any elk tags, Brady mountain go to hunted. So it was just a very different year, but you know, I, if we have a really great stock and we come, I have a doe tag in my pocket and there's it, you know, and I also have a buck tag and I have a shot at a doe after a really great stock. I want to take it, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm just that person. I, I don't have to wait out for a gigantic animal. You know, I mm-hmm. have been blessed and I'm, I'm grateful for every opportunity that I get to spend out hunting. Um, but I'm not, you know, like chasing a score. I'm not chasing a number of animals um, or any if one, of that. If and one happens, if it happens that way, it yeah. happens that way. It's exciting. Yes. It, does, it doesn't mean yes. that that's not what could be cool and what could be something to yes. be excited about. It just means that when you're looking at your freezer and you're looking at the next year until season opens again – your goal in that moment isn't for the score. That's right. a and byproduct. That's an yes. extra, that's an extra yes. rainbow. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. adds a whole nother layer to your decision making, mm-hmm. right? When when you have to potentially think about having an empty freezer, right? Yeah. Like I know Brady will trophy hunt all day long. Like let him do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is that is okay. I mean, but I also enjoy shooting. <laughs> big, beautiful, mature animals as well. You know, Mm -hmm. I have a gorgeous mule deer that was the most fun hunt with Brady and it's on our wall because it's the best memory, right? Like it was so much fun. It's the biggest deer in our house and it's mine. Yeah. And it's not the size of it. It is the hunt, right? Like the way it happened, you know, us working together on it, me getting to spend the whole weekend with him. Same thing with my antelope, like a birthday present. And yeah, yeah, Yeah. it is. It's, it's more than I could care less what it scores. It's a, it's a beautiful meal there, but um, it's more the experience and more the time out in the outdoors for me. And, you know, I think as parents, success has taken on a different, you know, role as well, because we need to model things properly for our kids and not just One make way. it about, right. yeah, not mm-hmm. just make it about that. You know, if, if this year we didn't have a great year, but we got out and we had great time hunting together as a family and with friends and that's a success in its own right the time you spend with people and you're enjoying the outdoors that's worth it it really is worth it and having the freedom to do that and the ability to do that is something that I think some people take for granted when and it it makes you lose the joy when you're always chasing the comparison game of who shot the biggest elk or who shot the biggest deer or, you know, everybody's taking these, these ridiculous photos with wide angle lenses on, you know, Instagram and putting it up for, you know, people to, I don't know, like make you feel like you're awesome. (laughs) I don't know. But that part drives me nuts about it because Mm -hmm. I'm just like, 
you could have had the worst hunt of your life and everybody's just like sitting there like this is just the biggest success right but what is your quality what is your quantitative definition of success and that varies from person to person I think you know I think so too and I think that how you define success also shows how you define value I think that um, it goes hand in hand and that you and I had kind of talked before we started about what I wanted to talk about in this conversation and what I thought that you might be good with and um, and great at talking about and finding value in what you do, whether it's hunting, fishing, hiking, climbing a mountain, in your work, uh, it's how you define success gives that how you find value. Uh, it goes hand in hand. It goes right next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's interesting um, because I, I struggled honestly with this as a woman, you know, doing photography work within the hunting industry and um, wanting to do that but then also not being valued in terms of, you know, what is provided or, Mm -hmm. you know, what pays the bills or um, what they're looking for, for people. Right. And I loved doing photography, but free product from people doesn't pay the bills and it's a lot, it's a lot of work. And, you know, at the end of the day, I had to take a hard look at my page and say, is what I'm doing helping, inspiring, motivating, or bringing value to other people? Mm-hmm. And if I, that is my whole purpose, right? Like I have a story, I have a awful health history. I have the whole page started as a method of helping people improve their health. Yeah. And you know, the more I got focused on helping people within the hunting industry, the less my purpose showed showed on my page and the less I felt like I was really even helping anybody. Mm -hmm. And I certainly didn't want someone to come to my page and feel like I lived this great life because it was lots of, you know, a lot of hunting photos and a lot of, you know, me experiencing this and me experiencing that. And yeah, it can be inspiring for Mm -hmm. some people, I suppose, to see, you know, a homeschool mom, you know, doing that. But when all, when all I'm doing is like helping other companies, you know, in their work and not providing value in terms of, you know, helping people improve their health, I just felt like I wasn't living up to my purpose. And as much as I love, love hunting and I it doesn't pay the bills and it doesn't bring me joy to, um, to do that anymore. And so I had to pull back. I had to go back to my roots of why am I here in the first Mm -hmm. place? Why did I create this page? If I, you know, we all need our health and if I can help people live healthier, they can go do whatever dang hobby they love, whether it's hunting, fishing, you know, hiking, trapping, roping, you know, any of that. So I've definitely focused a lot more over the past year on how can I help you improve your health so that you can live the outdoor lifestyle that I love 
because I've taken the time, you know, to do these things to, um, you know, really focus in on that, you know, on my own. So yeah, value is, is a big thing. Right. And I, I we don't give ourselves to, enough credit. Nobody ever really, we don't. um, I think if we gave ourselves more value ourselves, like we define that value ourselves and hold to it instead of settling, I think that Mm -hmm. honestly, I think the outdoor companies wouldn't be able to get away with that. I agree. A hundred percent agree. And you know, that's the hard part with social media, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you're, when you're new and you're young and you, you're looking for, your value or your worth is equated in likes or um, being promoted by somebody else or Mm -hmm. yeah, it's the number and not necessarily like what, what makes you, you, right? Right. Like what, what are, what are, who are you? What do you stand for when you're looking for, you know, that outside appreciation or that outside, you know, accolades, I guess. Yeah then companies essentially just focus on it for them. I mean, business-wise, it's a genius strategy because they are getting- yep. Yeah, they are getting free marketing like nobody's business, but until especially women, you know, men are guilty of it too, but especially women, we, we stand up for ourselves and say, no, my time is, is worth actual dollars. Yeah. Um, just like anybody else's, just like you were working at a job, just like, you know, anybody from those companies working a salary position or an hourly position, you know, doing, it's a lot of work, you it know, is. doing a photo shoot for a company is a lot of work. And, um, it just, yeah, until we stop, it'll, they'll just continue, right? Yeah. And so for me, I just realized it just wasn't the direction I wanted to go anymore. And and I needed to, um, I also realized like, <laughs> this is totally off topic, but I am not the typical um, hunting bunny, I would say. <laughs> and they're not going to get that kind of content from me. I'm more conservative in, um, you know, that is okay. And <laughs> yes. And so I just was like, this isn't for me. I, I need to go back to my roots and, you know, just share the things, the natural health type stuff that I love and sprinkle in all of our adventures and all of that and provide value to people in a way that can help anybody and not just you know, inspire someone to get out in the outdoors. Cause there's plenty of women that are already doing that. You know, yeah. there's so many women you can follow that are hunting, hunting their butts off 24 seven, you know, it's that's true. just not my life. And I think yeah. that that's, I think like all of the things that we've talked about today, going from defining success finding value, the favorite things that we do, the passions that we have, it's always evolving over our Mm -hmm. lifespan. You talked about how, you know, beginning to hunt before kids changed and evolved how you did it after you had kids. You had to make that decision. Is this something that I want it to remain mine or am I going to involve the whole family? Well, you get to do it more if you involve the whole family, but it also instills value in the kids. Mm-hmm. It shows hard work. It shows skills that they need. Uh, there are all mm-hmm. of these things that go along with it that don't make it easier. In fact, it makes it much right. ha- much harder. It is much, mm-hmm. much harder, but there is more 
value in it. And I think that that's where we constantly have to look at whether it's in your business, whether it is in relationships, whether it is in our kids or hunting or fishing. It is that constant evolution of, okay, is this, am I getting the same value out of this? Or do I need to challenge myself? Do I need to get out Mm -hmm. of that comfort zone like you were talking about in order to change and evolve what success looks like to me and what that value is that I want out of it and how I hold to it? And, And I think that staying stoic, staying in a place where you aren't moving forward, you then start devaluing. You start Mm -hmm. lowering your standard. You start, Mm -hmm. uh, none of us stand still. We do not stand still. You are either moving forward or you're moving backward. And Mm -hmm. so that goes along with success. That goes along with value. That goes along with balance, all of it. If you don't have, if you don't set that standard of constantly pushing, even if it's just baby steps, Mm -hmm. then you're going to move backwards. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think, where failure sets in. It's not, in quotes, an unsuccessful venture. It is failure if you're stepping backwards. And and there's always learning and there's always that moment that we're going to have. But it... If we keep taking those steps forward and holding that value to it, then then I see success. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when you get you get to the difficult part of the hunt, right? Like maybe maybe you hiked your butt off for a mm-hmm. mile and a half mm-hmm. and you can't find them. There's still two more ridges that they could be over, right? Yeah. You can make the choice to forge ahead or you can turn around. Yeah. And in my mind, you know, there are so many times where I've been hunting and I'm like, Ugh, they're probably not right. I'm thinking that they're probably not over there. And there's plenty of times where I'm like, but maybe they are. Maybe and they we are. go, you know, but maybe they are. <laughs> I just <laughs> so keep saying keep that coolie looks much smaller than I know it's going yes. to be when I get to the bottom of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And here we have like all these freaking rolling hills, mm-hmm. right? And they never look as big as they are mm-hmm. when you're standing back. And then you get up to them and you're like, oh, gosh, why did I just decide yeah. to do this? You know, but it's always like they could be over that next one. They could be over that next one. And so in my mind, the only, you know, it's just like that, right? Like when, when you consciously choose to just give up in that's failure to me, right? Yeah. Like when I had the option to keep going, it's yeah. one thing if you don't have the option, like that's not failure. If you can't go further, if the, it's you're dark, losing light, you know, you're, yeah, all yeah that. like that's not failure. That's running out of time. That's still you giving it your all. Right. right. Um, but when you choose, you know, with time left or a negative attitude or that can't do it spirit, right? That's, that's failure failure for, for me. Right. And we talk a lot, you know, with our kids about mindset and, you know, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're absolutely right. Because if you believe you can't, you're You're not going to do it. Mm -mm. It's that's just how it, how it works. And there are literally times where I'm just like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it just (laughs) a little bit further. And I'm counting my steps because it's so hard. And Mm -hmm. you and I have the same thing, right? Like our heart rates go way up when we start 
hiking and especially anything elevated. And so it's extra hard for our hearts to keep up and for our bodies to keep up. And so it really becomes that mental game of trying to push yourself further than you've probably ever gone before. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with fitness. The same thing happens with business when you're not at that confident stage of you've done this before, right? right? Right. Or I've done this before. I know what this feels like, so I can do it. When you don't know, or you have that fear of failure or that fear of rejection or that fear of really anything, that becomes the place where you're failing if you're choosing not to engage because you're allowing those feelings to, to take over. And the same thing happens for hunting. You know, I see it all the time with people in food, right? They're, they don't know what it feels like to feel good. Right. And so they're just not willing to quit feeling bad. Yeah. And that sounds crazy. Or they but take medication not. to hide it. Like there's just that right. constant. Yeah, no, it's 100% mm-hmm. true. It's it's yeah. taking that step into something that it's the unknown. Yes. It's, the un- it's looking at, so when I was in Montana, it's looking at that hill and you mm-hmm. can't see the freaking top of it. You can't. There's no crest. There's no, you are at the bottom of it and there's no top to it. Well, I can't keep looking up. I just can't. In mm-hmm. that moment, I mm-hmm. can't keep looking up. I have to look 15 steps in front of me and mm-hmm. conquer the 15 steps. And and um, uh, Jessica told me that when I was out in Montana, she did a great job of it. Amy, just look at the 15 steps. Make the 15 steps. If you can do 10 more, yes. do 10 more. If you can't, take a break mm-hmm. and then do 15 more. And so yeah. sometimes you can't see the end. Sometimes you can't. I, mm-hmm. I will never tell somebody just look for the light at the end of the tunnel because sometimes it's not there. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to take those 15 steps in front of you, trusting that moving forward is better than sitting still. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I ran a 5K in Mexico this year and I've never ran more than a mile <laughs> in my lifetime. I'm not even joking. Like my heart goes bananas. Yeah. And, um, one of my friends that was with me on the trip, her name is Katie, and she's a former police officer. She'd make an excellent personal trainer. She's not one, but she would make a killer personal trainer. And she said to me, she's like, I'll run with you. And I was like, you probably don't want to do that. Like, it's going to be like, stop, start, stop, start, you know, like Mm -hmm. speed walk, start running, whatever. She's like, no, it's no big deal. And it was the same thing, right? Like I was a I wasn't afraid. I was afraid of how is it going to make me feel, right? Because I physically feel sick when my heart rate goes that high. But I knew if I set my mind to it, I could do it. It might not look like everybody else's. So here I am, you know, comparing all these people who run all the time to me who six feet tall have a fixed back, two fixed knees and a heart condition. And here I'm trying to run a 5k and keep up with all of them. Not to mention it's like 98 degrees with like all sorts of humidity. Right. But I'm like, whatever, everybody's doing it. I might as well try who, who cares if it takes me forever. And I actually finished the darn thing in like 32 minutes, which is pretty darn good for someone who never, never runs, but she stayed with me the entire time. And she's like, we're going to go from this, just get to this spot. And she would just say, just get to this spot. And then if you need to walk, then start walking. And so 
we had all of these stretches and, you know, it was just like that. She was, she was the mindset Mm -hmm. in my head that I needed. She was just speaking that positivity to me all the time. And that just goes to show like in our life, like who we choose to surround ourselves with, who's speaking to us on a Mm -hmm. daily basis, whether we're hunting, whether we're in the word and spending time as a woman of Christ, like whether we're at work, you know, Mm -hmm. who, what thoughts are being spoken around us truly dictates our own mindset, whether, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was something that I realized in 2021 so much. Like I had to really hone in on choosing people who surround me wisely because this pandemic has thrown everybody for a loop, even if you are considered a strong, emotionally strong person, right? Like, even those people it's thrown for a loop, not to mention other stuff, you know, health stuff and all that. So I made a conscious effort to avoid negativity at all costs. Mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, was my life so much more joyful surrounding myself with Christian women that are, you know, also entrepreneurial or, you know, who, who do I allow to influence mm-hmm. my energy? Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's all we have. Our energy is everything. And if we just give it away, like it's donuts, you know, you're going to end up exhausted at the end of the day and super unfulfilled. And I I didn't want that anymore. So, yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. We, we have talked about this a couple times over the years and it is just that reminder over and over that how you, what you put into your body whether it's food, uh, water, um, words, uh, mm-hmm. all of that, it is what will then come back out. It's what you get back out. So you are responsible. I, I heard it growing up in the church. I heard that. Like what you put in is what you get out. And it, mm-hmm. you can apply that to everything. You can apply yep. it to every single thing. And so um, – all of that goes right back over everything that we've talked today is what are you investing your life in? Um, what are you investing putting into your life? What are you listening to? Yeah. What are, who are you talking to? Um, who are you surrounding yourself with? What are you reading? What are you watching? Um, how do you define that success in your life? How do you f- define value? All of it can change your life. And that's the exciting part. That is the exciting Mm -hmm. part because it gives you a little bit of control in that. Whereas right now, a lot of people feel out of control. So you can, you can take those steps and change your mindset based on very small changes. It doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be big monumental changes, just small changes. Um, it's those 15 steps. So, Mm -hmm. um, Kristen, thank you. <laughs> we could keep going. I could be very I excited. Know. I've I got know. some yes. kids upstairs ready for dinner, I believe. But um, I would say we will need to do this again. And yes. we will be talking, of course, more often. But um, yeah. tell people how they can follow you real quick. Um, you can find me on Instagram. It's just at Kristen Redarath. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is pretty much there. Yeah. So. You can find all of her encouragement, um, all of her beautiful family. You can follow along and see 
how she's doing these things that she is doing. And yeah, I have watched you over three years evolve yourself in such a positive way. It's been very exciting to watch. So thank you for inspiring and encouraging and um, just being you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It was super fun. Good.